Welcome. This is Michael Volkoff, and this is episode 171 of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Welcome, everyone. Hope uh, you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday, even under these difficult circumstances, and were together with friends or family uh, in a safe and healthy manner. Um, Glad to have uh, Jeff Tilton here today for an interview. And uh, Jeff has written interesting uh, articles about corporate ethics and ethical culture. And I was glad to get him uh, on board for an interview. And uh, we're going to play that in one second. And uh, before we get to there, let's uh, hear from our uh, sponsor, Blue Umbrella. How are you managing your third-party compliance program? Is your technology vastly assisting you or getting in your way? Blue Umbrella, in concert with some of the largest, most sophisticated compliance programs in the world, has devised a user-friendly, customizable platform that automates tasks and seamlessly integrates with adjacent enterprise systems. Blue Umbrella has employed advanced technology, along with a healthy dose of common sense, to make sure that compliance professionals using status are able to focus on managing issues that arise, monitoring the health of their program, and proactively anticipating risks as a business partner. Curious? Contact us at blueumbrella.com for a quick demo. And our episode today is a discussion with Jeffrey Tilton on corporate ethics and culture. Welcome, everybody. Uh, Glad to see you joining us, and uh, we're glad to have uh, Jeffrey here. Uh, Jeff has a really interesting perspective on corporate culture, and I'm glad to have uh, Jeff join us. Thanks, Jeff, for joining us today. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Jeffrey uh, Tilton is a thought leader, and I say thought with a big underscore, in the ethics and compliance field and is a certified fraud examiner. Uh, He's a critical thinker, problem solver, trained to understand the factors that motivate individuals to commit fraud. He trains the management of public, private, and nonprofit organizations to understand business, financial, and operational risk, and to identifying the early warning signs of fraud, waste, and abuse. Uh, Jeff also manages and oversees Sarbanes-Oxley implementation, Uh, maintenance and quarterly testing, assists in the performance of risk control, self-assessments and segregation of duty studies, implementation of red flags and audit trails, and tests the effectiveness of internal controls, and assures that policies and procedures set a clear expectation and standard for the manner and process in which situations and issues are to be handled. Jeff uh, transforms the management of risk from a reactive to a proactive process. That is music to my ears. Uh, Jeff also provides data analysis, analytics, and litigation to support to CPAs and attorneys in cases of mortgage fraud and bankruptcy. Jeff, after that introduction, welcome to the podcast. We, uh, We are really honored to have you here with us today. And I have to say that everything in your profile or everything in your intro, or it's, it's just music to my ears in terms of ways uh, companies have to, you know, focus on the future here. Uh, but welcome. And the reason I, I wanted to have you on the podcast, uh, Jeff, is I read some materials that you recently published at the SCCE, 
and you have a really interesting perspective that I think everybody needs to hear about in terms of culture. And let me start off with one of my, to the, the phrase that just drives me crazy, which is, what do we really mean by tone at the top? Because I see it as a limiting expression, and I'd love to get your views on that. Sure, Michael. First, I want to say it's a pleasure to be here, and uh, I thank you for doing this with me. Uh, the universal definition of tone at the top, if you would just Google it, is that it's a response. It's responsibility of the board of directors and upper management to make sure that the organization has an ethical culture. Uh, I really like to expound on that. My definition of tone at the top uh, is more of a holistic approach that I believe should permeate throughout the whole organization. It's not just from the top. It's from the top down. It's from the bottom up. It's from what I call the left. It's from what I call the right. Okay. I believe that. The development, if you're starting a new company, the development of your corporate culture and tone at the top really needs to be a coordination of multiple, multiple departments in your organization. Yes, it can be initiated by the board of directors. It eventually would have to be approved by the board of directors. And if you see what I'm going to say, the board of directors have to be involved. But I really believe that you need to have human resources involved, senior management, your compliance and ethics committees, the audit committee, because you're going to want them to test your tone at the top at least once or twice a year. Internal audit is going to be doing some testing on it. Um, and uh, that's how that's basically how I look at it. Let me interrupt you there because it's an I want to follow up on that, which is, you know, DOJ, for example, in their recent uh, compliance guidance, you know, embrace culture, culture of compliance, culture of ethics. And the big point that they made was, um, we also wanna see how companies are addressing middle management. How do we get middle management on board? How, what kind of role do you see, you know, and, what's, and how do you incorporate middle management into this sort of, um, you know, culture of ethics that we're trying to, to implement? It's a very great question, and I think it's a very important question because I, uh, in my article here, I think I'm talking about how middle management has a very difficult job, especially when it comes to corporate culture, because they're trying to please the people that are on top of them, and they're responsible for the people that are below them. And if my and the way I like to create a corporate culture is that everybody gets involved in it. And middle management of some of the people that should be spoken to the most because they understand what's going on at the top and they understand what's going on below them. And even though human resources and the compliance committee and all these other people could understand this, they're in the trenches. They're the guys that can really tell you whether the employees um, are comfortable with the corporate culture. And then we could talk more about how I feel it should be developed. And you were getting, you were going to talk about communication of the sort of organization's commitment. What, where, what was your idea with that in terms of how you communicate within the company? Okay, so I have a concept that I call a taste, and my the way I look at it through my experience in life and working is that when you're an employee and you walk in the front door for the first day. 
after you've been through a process, you're not meeting the board of directors. You're not meeting the CEO. You're not, you might not, you're not even meeting your boss sometimes. You're going to HR. And HR are the professionals. And I really believe that HR is where you get your first taste of a corporate culture, and you should get your first taste of a corporate culture. And how can that be done? That could be done based on all the departments I spoke about getting together and putting together a code of conduct, a code of ethics, the policies and procedures of everything that should be given to the new employee. And I also talk about how this should be done to continuing employees throughout the year. And that, that is what I call the taste. And I think the, these new employees should be given time to ask questions. They should be able to read these documents. And if you really want to do a really good job, I believe they should sign off, which I've done many times, that I've read them and I understand them. And I know it's expected of me. And that and that that makes total sense in terms of HR's role in in sort of giving the taste of the culture. And you mentioned this in your article was the importance of hiring ethical and moral employees and communicating to the employees. So, like, go back before you're you're talking about them before that person even shows up for that first taste. How are we going to? make sure that we are hiring the type of people that really uh, are consistent with our culture? First, I believe that moral and ethics aren't exactly the same thing. So I don't really like to talk so much about morals as I do about ethics. Uh, I think the difference is that morals really refer to an individual's own principles regarding what's right and wrong, where the, the corporate ethics are rules that are provided by the organization. And I think that is what these employees have to follow. I mean, you can have an employee who thinks something is morally incorrect, and that employee is going to veer off of your what you want done, and you consider part of your ethical culture, because that morally they think it's the correct thing to do. To me, a mission statement, a value statement, um, they're all important if your employees are given them, spoken to about them, understand them, uh, and are really uh, mentored in these areas. And like I said, I really believe the mentoring process starts from HR when they come in based on an agreed upon policy that's been put together by all the departments I mentioned earlier. But once those employees are in, the continuation of this whole concept has to come from the board of directors, from their managers, from upper management. They have to get feedback from their employees. It has to come from HR. That's why I talked about it being from the top, from the bottom, from the left and the right. It's a process that you, I don't want to bog down every department in an organization with worrying about the ethical culture. But I think it has to be in the back of their mind, and they have to be considering it on a daily basis, even though I don't want it to be interrupting what their job function is. Right. But now let's but let's go back to the thing that you you were mentioning a little bit earlier, which is in the hiring process. How do we make sure that HR does hire uh, the people that are consistent with our values? Okay. Um, 
how do we, yeah, and I'm sure you've worked with HR departments in this area, and I'd, I'd be curious to see what your observations are in that. Well, first of all, if a director of HR is not capable of sitting down with someone or has staff that's able to talk to someone and do a background check or make phone calls and understand who this person is and what they've done before, then I think you have a problem just starting with the process. Okay. Okay. The HR so, people have to be quality professional people. Right. And they have to be able to decipher between to see these are the values we want and the, and they need to be able to sort of identify that in people and read people in that sense is what you're saying, right? Yes. I, I'm not talking about their skill sets. I'm talking about their, their you know, their, not even their soft skills. I'm just talking about whether they can get enough information on this individual that they feel comfortable bringing this person into their corporate culture. And you and I know there are many, many ways to do that. And that's yeah. what HR has to do. Right. Now, one of the things, and I want to switch topics a little bit to the measurement and monitoring of a culture. And um, and you and I, I know, agree on this, which is I, I really feel if companies have to play a more proactive role in measuring and monitoring their culture. So like, like, let me give you an example. We see some HR problems, let's say, starting to bubble up in Russia. And what I would say to a, a, an ethics officer is, you know what, if I'm concerned about the morale or what's going on in Russia, I'm going to do a, I may do a targeted survey, you know, a MailChimp or whatever it's called, you know, type of uh, survey where I, or I'm going to test somehow, I've got to have some process by which I can get in there, ask 10 to 15 questions, measure something and be able to sort of say, okay, here's where we are. Um, and that way, and also I believe compliance has to take a more active role in terms of monitoring and measuring and then reporting to senior management, reporting to the board. Here's where our culture is. I looked at the culture in Russia. I looked at this. What are some practical ideas that you have used and seen in, in this field in terms of testing of what I would call culture, not tone at the top, but let's say testing the company's ethical culture? So in my article, I talk, I talk, I talk about a two-step approach. I believe that uh, testing should start from the top and also come up from the bottom, okay? And I okay. believe that what you should do is you should look at the, your list of employees, and for each different step, you should stratify them and pick a number of employees from, uh, from each level, from your senior managers, managers, middle managers, your frontline employees, okay? And then what you can do is you can either meet with them, you could set up a survey, and you can ask them different questions like what you could take new employees and ask them what they felt about the hiring practice do they have recommendations about what happened when they got hired ask them who they met from what department did they meet people did they or did they discuss and were they given copies of all the mission the mission statement the codes of conduct the codes of ethics the employee handbook do they know the whistleblower policy are they comfortable with all this the most important question I also like to ask is, would you tell your friends to come work here? Mm -hmm. Okay, so that, yeah. that's, that's one step. And, but 
Then if you really want, you used to go to the top. And then you say to the top, what have you done to promote your ethical culture? Have, has the board of directors sent out memos? Have they sent out emails? Are they having training sessions? Have your, you have to talk to your audit committee of what they've seen, your compliance committee of what they've seen. And then you, you get a feel of what is going on in the organization. And then once you get a feel for what's going on in the organization, then I would go back out and look at, is there something happening external to the organization that's causing the problems that you've heard about? Right, right. I would start in and then go out as opposed to going out and then going in. That, because I think if you start from out to in, you already have a preconceived notion. Right. So let me get your thoughts on this because, you know, we always hear about, and every time I've done sort of a, a, you know, corporate compliance assessment, and I used to interview senior executives, and everybody knows what to say. They know, you know, we do the right thing. Our culture is this. They all say their culture is this. And everybody knows sort of the same words. And, you know, we always hear about, and I, I believe this is true, the concept, we have the concept of uh, talking the talk or walking the walk, right? How do you get at that issue of, I don't just want to hear about the words and the communications you sent out. How do you, dem how do you demonstrate to the workforce that you're committed to, uh, you know, this culture? And, and what do you see in that? And, and what's, how do we get at that issue when they say, well, tell me what to do? You know, tell me how I should do this. And I'll give you one example at one company. One of the senior executives would do every new employee orientation. So there was a group of employees and he would go to the orientation meeting and would tell them about the company and what he believed about the culture. And he was a senior executive. That had a dramatic impact on those employees. Mm -hmm. So what do you what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I'm sorry. Go. I was going to get your perspective. Okay. I don't ask. I don't ask for information. I ask for documentation. Uh -huh. They tell me that they're communicating with employees. I want to know how. Can you show me emails? Have you sent out memos? Can Can you document how many meetings you've had? Have you done exactly what you just mentioned and tell me how many times you've done it and how often you've done it? For example, I've seen a CEO get up in front of at an employee meeting and say something like, look, the culture is really important to me. Here's what it is. And say, look, if you have a problem out there, if you've got a problem, I've got a problem. Please report to your supervisors first. Or if you want to call on the hotline, if you want to, you know, whatever, report it. And the day after that speech, Hotline calls reporting went way up because it was somehow viewed that this is important to us. This is the this is the culture that we want. And um, what do you think of steps like that? And and again, I would document that, right? Well, I think there's a problem already with that, and I think that is that he didn't shouldn't have to have told them. Right. If the right. CEO has to tell his staff that there's a hotline. Or there's an open door that they can walk into if something's bothering them, if they have a problem, who they report to. 
in my surveys, I wanted, I asked people, have you ever called the hotline? Is it anonymous? Do you feel comfortable calling it? Do you right. feel like anybody's addressed your issue? Do you feel like it was swept under the rug? What happened? Have you been told there's a hotline? Is it on your, is it on your website? Do you know where it is? Do you know the number? Do you know what to do? If right. the CEO has to get up there in front of a bunch of people and tell them this, they have a problem from the get-go. Right, because people aren't, you don't have a speak-up culture to begin with, is what you're saying. So, but what do we do about what I would say, that sometimes I see the disconnect between the senior executives who will tell me about their culture and how great it is, and then once you start to go below the senior level and get to middle, employees, middle management, and we've done, for example, at my firm, we've done focus groups. And what's incredible is once you reassure people that it's anonymous in the focus group, and I know it's not, um, you know, it's not a statistical report or anything like that. It's just sort of anecdotal and impressions. But from the focus group, we hear about a disconnect. We don't really know what the culture is. We hear them say that but we don't really know what it is. We don't see it. We don't see how it affects our work on a day-to-day -day basis. I don't ever hear my supervisor here in the middle talk about it. How do we fix that disconnect? And how do, how do we get people to, to you know, make sure, like you said, it, it's at the bottom, it's at the middle, it's everywhere? Okay. Remember, my approach is to get hard copy of what is being done. Now, I would do a survey of the, of the top and I would do a survey at the bottom. And if I find there's definitely a disconnect, I would, first of all, the people at the bottom have to be told that this is anonymous. They don't have to worry about their positions. They don't have to sign anything. That the best thing to do for this company is to be totally honest. Mm -hmm. And if you get honest survey answers from the, your lower staff that is totally a disconnect to what upper management thinks is going on, then I think you have to put that in a report and stick it right under upper management's nose and say, listen, guys, this is what you think. You might think you're doing a good job, but look what your employees think. It's right here in black and white. And how receptive do you find some of your clients in situations where you say, look, this is what it is, and what do you do, what would you recommend then to remediate this? How do you fix that problem when you see that? Because I think a lot of companies see that. Well, as I said at the beginning, I talked about the fact that an ethical culture isn't created by the board or HR or the ethics committee. It's a real whole group that is involved in it. And I think once the problems are identified, you have to bring upper the at least upper management from these six or seven groups together and say, listen, guys, we have a problem here. We have to fix this because, you know, people that are ethical, they're going to follow your, your policies and procedures. They're going to bring problems to you. They're going to make it a better organization. And if they don't understand that, <laughs> then you really have a problem at the top. Gotcha. Now, I think what you're alluding to, Michael, is when the top is, might be concerned about what's going on, even before you walk in the door. Mm -hmm. They could tell you anything they want, but they really, to some extent, 
know, might know pretty well that there's a problem already. So I don't think it would be that hard to convince them that some things have to be done to mitigate the problem, either new training or more memos or more anything that gets more information to these people does not disrupt their jobs, but makes a stronger ethical culture. And I think one of the things is when you get middle managers educated, on board, with even talking points or things to make ethical messages come out from them, I think that sets a big example. Um, what do you think in terms of once you get them indoctrinated in that sense? I think you can indoctrinate them all day long. But if upper management doesn't really stress to them and make them feel comfortable that whatever they come to upper management when it comes to the ethical culture to tell them that they're going to feel that they can do it without any repercussions. Got it. I think middle management is a very, like I said, it's a very scary spot. You don't know what to do sometimes because middle management might have, even though they, they might have two layers before they even get to the true top. So what right. do they do? Do they go to the one layer above, two layers above? Do they go to the, right to the board of directors? Who do they go to? And maybe that should also be part of creating an ethical culture. Middle management should know who they should definitely go to. And they should be really made comfortable that they can do it, like I said, without repercussions. If no one understands the chain of command to maintain the tone at the top and who to report to and what to do, then nobody's been trained properly. Well, Jeff, look, this has been absolutely terrific. I appreciate your insight, your perspective on culture. I think it's really interesting. Um, if any of our listeners uh, want to get in touch with you, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you? They can email me at uh, jmtilton at jmtconsultingllc.com, or they can call my office at 212-222-0189. Okay, Jeff. Thank you again for your time. Uh, I know you're a busy person. Go out there and fix the, uh, fix, the, uh, fix the culture of every company you can find. That's what we hope. Um, well, I need your help to do that, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, thank you again for all your time, and we really appreciate it. And uh, let's stay in touch, and let's keep, keep, on the, keep on doing the good work that you're doing. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Thanks again for listening to Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. Please subscribe to the podcast series. The Volkov Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. You can learn more about the legal and compliance services we offer at our website, www.volkovlaw.com. You can also follow our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our podcast series. You can contact Michael Volkov at his email address, mvolkov at volkovlaw.com.
you do it You play the guitar on the MTV That ain't working That's the way you do it Money for nothing And your chicks for free Now that ain't working That's the way you do it Let me tell you Chicks for free. 